Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, 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 here we go. Episode 16, can you believe it, of the Announcer Schedule podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont-Mollen, he is the face behind at Announcer Skeds. And we got another great podcast for you this week on the Sports Media Watch feed. This is the Announcer Schedule podcast. We take a look at all the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, and all the announcer news from around the nation. And Phil Episode 16, we got a good guest today. He's going to be calling Texans and Bears on CBS. You've heard him on the Masters, the PGA, the NCAA Tournament, and, of course, the NFL and others. Andrew Catalone is going to join us today here on the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, get us every Thursday. Phil, how was your week, man? It was great, action-packed, and, uh, yeah, back settled in here in the mountains of western North Carolina ready to talk a ton of NFL, a bunch of college football per usual, MLB, and then can't wait to speak with Andrew Catalone of CBS Sports. Yeah, and uh, you had a busy week. Uh, you did a couple college games. You had an NFL game. So, uh, boy, I'm, I'm glad that you're back and uh, you're probably uh, a little unrested. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's kind of like, you know, football season, you want to – take advantage of every minute you can and soak it all in. And, you know, I made the most of the weekend, three games in, in two days, uh, kind of unprecedented uh, for me from the, the stats standpoint, but uh, had a great trip up to Pittsburgh, got to see your buddy, Sal Palantonio and didn't work with him, which was great. Um, uh, really appreciate him and, and Chris Carlin bringing me into their, their crew for Steelers Patriots and uh, yeah, ready to get back after it this week. All right. Well, getting back after it on Thursday, we drop on Thursday. So uh, when we uh, when you hear this, some of you tonight, Amazon made their debut in the NFL. They did have a preseason game, but this was their regular season debut. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit, Kaylee Hartung had the call on the first ever Amazon game and uh, reviews were very good for the broadcast team. Uh, some people said they had some issues getting on, connecting, but I had no problems whatsoever. Phil, I even watched the whole pregame show. Outstanding. Yeah, I didn't get the chance to watch the entire broadcast, but I did see bits and pieces, especially uh, late in the game. And, yeah, for me, it wasn't a problem as far as logging in and so forth. But I did see some, you know, people having tr- trouble buffering, that kind of thing. That's um, all uh, – and, and look, just for people out there – that's not generally Amazon's fault. That might be that your connection's slow or because I had no issues whatsoever. I watched it on YouTube uh, on my smart TV. I then went to my cable box on my X1. So I watched it on two different platforms and had not one issue. Um, the only issue I would say, and this is just my opinion, too many voices on the pregame show, man. Too many things going on. I really like Richard Sherman. And Fitz, uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, they had a different vibe to them. And, uh, you know, Gonzalez, you had him, who's been kind of on the network side. I think there was too much happening there. I really liked the dynamic of Fitzpatrick and Sherman. I thought they were different. 
And then you had Gonzalez. It felt like they were just trying to get too much going. But, hey, it was the first week. Yeah, and we kind of forecast that a little bit as we saw all the announcements over the summer as they kept on adding more and more personnel. Um, in terms of the the booth itself, Michaels and Herb Street, again, I thought were, were outstanding, just like they were for that preseason game. And Kaylee Hartung brings an interesting dynamic to the equation. Obviously, a lot of experience you know, with her days in college football. But, you know, she spent the last couple of years on the news side. And I listened to a podcast where she was on uh, with Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel, um, some of the, her old college football buddies. And they were picking her mind as far as this Amazon opportunity. And she said she's really going to try to bring some of her news reporting instincts to the equation. And, you know, maybe do some more hard reporting down there as well on the sidelines, you know, not just your typical injury updates and that kind of thing. So interesting to see that and kind of keep an eye on uh, Kaylee Hartung and what she might bring different to that sideline reporter. Role. Well, and Phil, I listened to Richard uh, Deitch's uh, podcast this week and he had Fred Gadelli on and I like the insight that he brought he kind of peeled the curtain back. We're not trying to reinvent the broadcast here. We want this to look like a network broadcast. They're not trying to do something crazy. They don't want to insult the football fan. They want to give you the football broadcast, and they did that. They went out and got the best play-by-player they could. They went out and got, you know, the Herb Street thing is interesting because some people don't associate him with the NFL, but they got a guy who really breaks down the game very solid and is a known quantity in the sport. Uh, I thought they had a nice mix there, and you mentioned Kaylee Hartung. So, Amazon's saying, we don't want to do any crazy bells and whistles with this. We want to give you the meat and potatoes of your football the way that you know it, and that's what we saw on Thursday night. Yeah, you can tell Goodelli's stamp is on it, no doubt about that. And, you know, I really like what Herb Street brings to the equation. I mean, it's it's clear that he just knows the game of football, the X's and O's and so forth, and him and Michael seem to work really well together, no doubt. Yeah, I've heard him described as he wasn't a star player, but he's a star broadcaster. Yeah, well said, no doubt. All right, uh, let's get a little sample of Al Michaels taking us on the Amazon Prime ride Thursday night football. This was the play of the game, the rookie. Watch him. 99 yards. There's Mahomes. Way to go, pal. He says to the kid. Herbert tries to bring him back again. Magic to keep the game going. The onside. Almost, almost, almost. But no, no cigar. 27-24. Stick with us, Prime Video. The gang will take it from Kansas City after these messages. All right, that's the uh, outro of the first ever regular season game. And uh, Gadelli did talk about when they got there, they had nothing except for a logo finding the music and getting all of the elements of building the broadcast from the ground up there. You heard that music there distinct enough for you. Did you like the music? I do like the music and I, especially with Michael's voice on top of it, it just, you know, makes you feel like, Hey, we're uh, at home with another big time NFL game in prime time. All right. Uh, that was Thursday night. Uh, let's hit a couple other versions of uh, the Thursday night game because Amazon gave you a couple of different uh, op- options there. And uh, we always love here in the States hearing the Spanish call on the Thursday night game. Here you go. Uh, Miguel Gerwitz. Yes. Que 
Anderson a la 20, a la 10, a la 5, a la zona de anotación. ¡Qué manera de aparecer en casa por el lado del rookie! All right, now, Phil, it's your turn to translate. I am not quite there with my Spanish, despite, you know, most of my life down in Miami. However, uh, the energy and the excitement uh, can't be denied. Actually, Miguel is a, a Miami guy. You know, he's one of the sports anchors down there at the uh, Telemundo affiliate in Miami. And, of course, has, has done a bunch of soccer as well. Um, and then part of this Amazon Prime package. So, Great job there by Miguel, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun to hear those calls. Pick All right. six. And then on the radio side, if you listen to Westwood One, you got Ian Eagle and the Hall of Famer now, Tony Baselli on Thursday Night Football. Two tight end formation, first and 10 at the 15-yard line of Kansas City. Opening drive of this third quarter. Shotgun, Herbert, pump, throw, lofts it, right side, juggling attempt, Mike Williams, touchdown! Fantastic grab. 15 yards. Williams slides down, hauls it in, and the Chargers add to their lead. That's a fade route, man-to-man coverage, and he decided, I don't need two hands. I'm only going to use one, working against Legereus Sneed, the big receiver. A lot of contact. Wow. Reaches the big right paw out, brings it in, and then... Last second, he uses the left to secure it. Gets two feet in, rear end in. Big night for Mike Williams. That was Ian Eagle, Tony Baselli. And as Ian Eagle described that play, he mentioned fantastic. I would say the same about his call. Yeah, Ian Eagle. Uh, in some ways, I like him even more on the radio than on television. You know, just because he can give you that much more of a deeper dive into the description of the play and along with Tony Baselli, And as you mentioned, recently inducted into the big pro football hall of fame. They'll get the Thursday night game this week, uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland Westwood one. That's the radio team, Amazon prime. Let's go to the Sunday games. We had a lot craziness and uh, some of the best were on the calls. Let's start with how about Kevin Harlan CBS Phil? this one. Wow. What a wild return or comeback. I guess you should say, from the Miami Dolphins against the Baltimore Ravens. Here's how Kevin Harlan and Trent Green described it. Tungo by Loa. Blocked by Onstead. Two into the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! Caught for the touchdown! Waddle! Miami has taken the lead! Well, the Baltimore Ravens once again double-team Tyreek Hill. I thought he was going to look for Gasicki. That is uh, Trent Green with the, the uh, analyst and Kevin Harlan, one of my favorites uh, with the call. Yeah, it's interesting, too. You know, we, we talk about letting it breathe and where you get to hear the ambient noise. And the ambient noise at a road stadium, basically, for the, the, the when the home team is losing the game, you know, and has given up the comeback is its own kind of vibe to it. You know, you, you hear the ambient noise and kind of some groans and just silence and upset even uh, through the, the audio there. But Harlan once again, uh, delivering with a signature call. Uh, Cleveland came back down 31, 17. They scored 14 in the final one minute and 22 seconds on CBS. 
Flacco over the middle, it's caught. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. The Jets trying to pull a miracle comeback. 15-yard strike from Flacco. What a route by the young rookie. Rookie, watch how in stride this. All right, uh, there you go. You heard, as you just kind of described, Phil, a road game touchdown from the visiting team and the hush of the crowd. Yeah, and once again, uh, Spiro Deeds and, and Jay Feely getting the blessing of one of these games. where They've had a couple of these already uh, this season, and that can make a big difference as far as, you know, a, a broadcast, of course, as we've been talking about, how, how close the game is down the stretch. You know, normally you might not be paying that much attention to, to Jets-Browns, but this one had some drama. Well, a lot of these games had the drama. You may not have paid attention to them at first, but you paid attention at the end as Greg Gumble, Adam Archuleta, CBS, had a plethora of these. And here's Double G. Second and ten, quick pass outside, and that is complete. That is Moreau, and Moreau fighting for yardage. The ball is loose again. Uh-oh. Picked up by That's... the Cardinals. This is Byron Murphy to the end zone for game. the touchdown and the win. I think that's Isaiah Simmons who came over and knocked that ball out, Greg. All right, Greg Gumble, Adam Archuleta is the analyst on that one. The Cardinals in overtime. Yeah, the blessing of a, another wild finish. That that thing was nuts. Cardinals and Raiders and uh, Greg Gumble, who we had on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed as a guest with George Hoffman show. Great great insight there from from him on that if you want to go back in the archives but you know they much better game this time around for that crew they had Patriots Dolphins week one but week two they got a thriller uh Jim Nance and of course Tony Romo had the 425 Fox game and got a chance to call a game winner with three seconds left here's how it went down There you go, Tony Romo. What a moment for that young man and a big kick there to win the game for Dallas. Yeah, sometimes you, I guess you kind of take for granted or forget just how good Nance is on the NFL as well. You know, you know, we talk about him on, you know, golf and uh, the NCAA tournament. And, yeah, that call, you know, he, he brought the energy and the excitement and yet another game that, that came down to the wire and another – Dramatic, fantastic finish, Cowboys-Bengals. Uh, before we kind of look ahead to week three, we had the Monday Night Football crossover, Buck Aikman and the uh, A-team there. We had the debut of the Levy-Orlovsky-Lewis uh, Riddick team. Not really the debut, but regular season debut for that new team. Uh, we had the Sunday Night game. Collingsworth sounded more like himself. Uh, any thoughts you want to give back to week two before we move ahead to week three? Yeah, I was able to catch quite a bit of the Bears-Packers game on Sunday Night Football, and you're right, Collinsworth, you know, voice was back, everything sounded per usual there. I did not get a chance to watch much of the the crossover doubleheader, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, I know the Eagles were involved in, in one of those games. You know, how was it in terms of the, the viewer experience? I know they did some, some dual screen yeah. type stuff and, and things like that. Yeah, I saw a lot of mixed reviews on it. I mean, myself, I didn't, uh, wasn't, I didn't 
love it. I don't love the fact that they did the overlap. I saw a lot of people complaining that. Now, I, I think because the game wasn't so competitive, the first game, I'm, I'm looking at the sports media watch, by the way, our partners over there, John and TJ, I'm sure they'll talk more about this on their podcast. Uh, the viewership numbers for the first game were, were terrible. Not terrible, I mean, but for NFL standards, I think uh, those guys were talking about or they'll, they'll talk about on their pod. I know John wrote about it. It was the least watched Monday night football game ever, the Titans and Bills. So the 7 o'clock start, maybe um, I, I didn't love the fact that they kept cutting in. They were trying to do almost like a red zone with Scott Van Pelt. They kept kicking it back to him. And maybe because that game just wasn't competitive, added to the fact that it was a little bit of a, I don't want to say an annoyance, but they definitely were double boxing a lot on the Monday Night Eagles game. Yeah, and I did read a report that there's there's more of these coming down the pike, you know, eventually in, in future years as well. And so we'll, we'll see if they tweak things a little bit, but certainly a different experience having both games happening at the same time versus what we've seen in past years, double header, yeah. one game finishes, next game now, I'm wondering up. why they decided to do the overlap rather than the double header. Yeah, I, I'm not sure yeah. it, it, exactly. So, um, yeah, interesting to see as it will develop further from here. Uh, as John Lewis wrote over at uh, SportsMediaWatch.com, the Monday Night Football split doubleheader, kind of a mixed bag. They combined for 20 million viewers during the two hours of overlap, but the Bills-Titans was the least watched game ever. And I wonder if that had to do with the competitive nature of that game. I mean, the Titans just were never in that game at all. But remember, Andrew Catalone coming up with us in just a little bit. We're talking NFL. Let's look at week three. Phil, why don't we go down the list and uh, – Kind of give everybody the heads up on who's where. Yeah, in fact, Andrew will be on the Texans at Bears game. That's a 1 o'clock Eastern start. Andrew Catalan, James Lofton, his analyst. Michael Grady, you know, we talked about him this um, summer. You know, the the new voice of the T-Wolves yes. on the NBA side for play-by-play. He's handling reporter duties for that crew. So Texans-Bears, can't wait to talk to Andrew about well, that's that. Michael Grady, uh, who was with the, the Brooklyn Nets team, correct? That's correct, yep. So um, he he's relocated to to Minneapolis, um, to my knowledge, and you know, taking uh, keeping busy on the the NFL Sundays as well. Uh, Steelers Browns, you know, um, this Thursday night game, so good matchup there. Interesting, you know, kind of regional rivalry. Yeah, Michaels Herb Street and Hartung, of course. Um, Ian Eagle on the Westwood One call. Yeah, that, by the way, is Jason uh, McCourty in there, not Tony Baselli on the uh, analyst chair. Yeah, I saw that as well. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see that. I don't, I'm not that familiar with with Jason, and uh, I'll try to tune in a little bit to listen to to himself and, and Ian, um, Ian Eagle on the call there, and then Chiefs Colts on Sunday. Uh, the Nance Romo team have that game. That'll obviously uh, get a big part of the country on CBS. Um, Ian Eagle, you know, he'll do the Westwood one game on Thursday, but then on Sunday he will head. Um, to New York for the Bengals and Jets, Bills, Dolphins. Uh, that's the Kevin Harlan crew uh, over on Fox, Ravens, Patriots uh, with Joe Davis, uh, ESPN Radio, uh, Chris Carlin, who I got the chance to work with last week. He'll be up there uh, for that Ravens, New England game as well. Eagles, Commanders, that's uh, Adam Amin's crew. Raiders, Titans, that's Kenny Albert's crew. Um, a couple other noteworthy games at the four o'clock hour. 
Jags and Chargers. That's the Greg Gumble crew. Packers Bucks over on Fox. That's the number one Fox game at 425 with Burkhart, Olsen, Andrews, and Renaudi. And our buddy Kevin Kugler will be on the Rams Cardinals game um, at the 425 hour. Chris Myers on Falcons and Seahawks. And then NBC, of course, has the Sunday night football game. That's Niners Broncos this week. Tariko and Collinsworth and Stark. Uh, Ryan Radke on the Westwood One call. I uh, do want to give a shout-out to my buddy uh, Brian Baldinger, by the way. He's on the Compass Media radio call. We're going to try to get him on the radio this week, so uh, see if we can get Baldy on this show as well. Uh, but he's with Chris Carino on Compass uh, for that Green Bay Buccaneers game. Uh, man, there is a whirlwind of things happening, as you mentioned, too, uh, the Westwood One radio for Sunday night. Now, you know, this has been changing. You know, Ryan Racky's going to do it with Mike Golick is going to be on the uh, analyst chair there. Harlan and Warner working together on Monday. Uh, but you do see Westwood One kind of mixing the analyst around a little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit here. You know, I think it's pretty consistent in terms of Harlan and Warner on the, the Monday. Um, it seems like a couple straight weeks now, so maybe they are settling in with Radke and Golick and, you know, not completely sure of the circumstances around Thursdays, um, Jason McCourty in there for, for Baselli. But, uh, yeah, you know, just a great listen on Westwood One, no matter they, who they have in the booth. It seems like, I mean, they do such a great job. It's such a, like, a, a well-polished broadcast, too, that um, I always enjoy listening to that, as I do ESPN radio, um, NFL broadcast. The national radio broadcasts, I, I just think, are kind of the hidden gems of – you know, NFL broadcasting. So if you get a chance, you know, um, maybe if, it, if you're even sitting at home, if you want to throw on a game on, on the, uh, the old uh, terrestrial radio, you might enjoy it. On that, you know, and we're going to get into the college stuff here. I'm noticing, and it might be Learfield, who has a Sync My Radio um, feature that they have a website that you can sync the radio broadcast. They kind of explain to you how to do it. So there's a website that the Le- I think it's Learfield. I want to say, Phil, you might be more in, uh, in tune on this than me, but I have seen this now where some of the, I, I believe it's Learfield affiliates actually are promoting to sync the ra- or sync my I think it is. And uh, they, they basically explain what to do to get the radio broadcast. If you want to sync it with your TV. What, what a great touch. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of it and haven't checked it out yet, but I'm certainly going to, um, investigate, but uh, yeah, that's exactly kind of what the I want to give you know, a shout so out. Have wanted. I want to give a shout out. It was the Tulane Green Wave radio team that I saw promoting this, and I, I don't remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head. I could probably get it here in a second, but uh, yeah, they were the ones promoting Sync My Game. I'm pretty sure is what it was, and uh, yeah, it was the Tulane team. So I'm going to give them the shout out on this. Awesome. Good, good stuff. I, I'm going to have to dive into that. Um, by the way, Cowboys Giants, that's the Monday night game on uh, ESPN and ABC, Buck Aikman and Salters, of course. And uh, there's also a Manning cast scheduled for that one. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, no Manning cast this past week, but it'll be back uh, for uh, week number three. I think there's 10 weeks in all uh, on the Manning cast this year. Uh, all right, so that's back. Let's get into the college football before we get to Andrew Catalan coming up here in just a little bit on the announcer schedule podcast. Looking forward to talking to Andrew. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. We drop Thursdays on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast feed. You get the Sports Media Watch podcast. You get George Offman tell me a story I don't know. 
Uh, Lawrence Holmes, by the way, the Chicago-based radio host, is uh, this week's guest. We actually carry his show on our station on Sunday mornings, and uh, you can listen to that conversation. And I believe um, Ryan Rucco was with the Sports Media Watch guys. Ryan's a good conversation. I've had him on my show numerous times, very versatile, and uh, can talk hoops, does some baseball. He's uh, been doing some Yankee games, right? Yeah, he filled in uh, for a couple Yankee games, and then also he just wrapped up the WNBA finals. You know, he had that package all season long, which, you know, it's good exposure. You know, a lot of those games end up being on on ABC and uh, the finals, uh, Connecticut versus Las Vegas. Um, Ryan, along with Rebecca Lobo, Andrea Carter, and Holly Rowe called those WNBA finals, and they just wrapped that up. And I know that's part of that conversation with TJ and – uh, John, and you know, I'm looking forward to listening to it myself. Okay, so get that there. Let's get back here on the announcer schedule pod. Uh, college football, we had App State took over college game day, and they didn't disappoint. Yeah, we, we previewed this a bit last week, and you know, I'm up here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, not too far from App State, and Boone, North Carolina isn't that big of a, a town, you know, and you know, the, the college campus is kind of like shoehorned in in between these mountains and on the you know the side of a mountain and you know this this town that you know can only handle so many people and then college game day arrives and you know the place just absolutely blows up like supposedly you know over a thousand people were were camping the night before to make sure they got a spot for game day and students just going absolutely berserk and out of their minds and then the game delivered um, beyond the game day experience on, on ESPN College game day, the, the game itself just absolutely nuts. Robinson in motion slot. Here's Bryce rolling out. Time to heave it deep. Throws it shy of the goal line, and that ball is tipped around. It's wow! Oh, that's a touchdown! Wow! Mountaineers win it! Mountaineers wow! win it! Deflection, are you kidding me? Wow! Wow! Just like Sean Clark My God. drew it up. My God. Okay, that was uh, David Jackson and Avery Hall on the call there and uh, maybe not be too familiar names, but Phil, maybe you can give us some more insight on how David Jackson and Avery Hall guys like that are uh, get that call. Yeah. You know, it really interesting situation here. You know, we mentioned it last show college game day goes to app state yet. The game was broadcast on ESPN plus. So it wasn't on linear television as far as the, at least the majority of the game. I think some of the networks cut over to it, you know, for the, for the end there, but this game was on ESPN plus, And part of the reason was the decision to go to game day was very last minute. You know, it didn't happen until app state upset Texas A&M. And then once that happened, the ESPN folks pulled the trigger on, Hey, let's go to app state. We've never been there before. We can, you know, make it, make a, um, amazing atmosphere out of Boone, North Carolina. Meanwhile, the college football television schedule is already set 
for for Saturday. You know, across the board. I mean, there everything's committed in terms of what's on what network. All the networks are are pretty much full, and so ESPN sticks with the ESPN Plus broadcast of App State. And what happens on a lot of these ESPN Plus broadcasts is locals end up calling the game on ESPN Plus. And so David Jackson and Avery Hall are App State guys. You know, they're they're there. Um, to my knowledge, they they live in Boone, North Carolina. And yeah, well, one of their Twitter Twitter handles uh, is actually uh, includes Boone in it, so I would imagine that you're right. Yeah, so I think it's a, a safe bet. Boone there. Chamber DJ. It's almost like he's uh, down at the VFW on Thursday nights uh, DJing for them, and they found him to DJ play by play. But hey, he stepped in and, and got the the the, the game winning call and a hail mary. I mean, you get a game like that. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, I'll take it a step further. David Jackson, not only Boone Chamber DJ, but he's also the president and CEO of the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> so, so, I mean, talking about a Chamber of Commerce moment. There you go, right. Uh, and by you know, the way, so he's right, right you, in the middle of it. You might say, okay, they got those two guys. They also had their own radio network, call it. And uh, let's take a listen to how, if you thought that one was exciting, take a listen to how they called it on the radio. We'll see. See how many Troy rushes here. They have everybody back to try to knock one down. Three-man rush. Chase going to step up in the pocket. Sets. Throws high into the air. It's up for grabs. It is juggle. So there you go, Adam Witten on the call with Brandon Turner. And I don't know um, if you heard a lot. There was a lot of excitement, but that's more of the local radio side, Phil. Yeah, the guys just kind of all on top of each other, all over the place, uh, as you heard more of a, the local radio side of that upset win. Yeah, we've talked about it before. You know, if you're the local home radio broadcast, it's okay to be a bit of a homer. This was pretty over the top, <laughs> no doubt about it, but it was an over the top moment. I mean, it, it was a, a shocker. It was a miracle. You know, they mentioned miracle on the mountain too. You know, you've got to be a pretty hardcore college football fan to remember miracle on the mountain one. 2002, Furman in App State 
And that was like this wild finish as well. Uh, App State beating Furman at that same stadium, Kid Brewer Stadium. So, you know, you'd have to be a uh, aficionado of App State football to really, really know these uh, different miracle on the mountains. But, you know, the radio, home radio call, certainly, you know, it's, they're very much their right and the, their audience is equally excited, you know, for them to get uh, a little over the top there. But I do want to, you know, just hand it back to the, the ESPN plus broadcasters, because those guys, like we mentioned, are App State guys as well. And I thought they did a nice job kind of, you know, realizing it's a national audience watching this. We got to get excitement, exciting, but we can't, you know, cheer at the same time. So uh, good job by them. Right, and I think it's good to stress that the home broadcast, you can certainly add that extra element in there. Probably wouldn't use that for my resume. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I kind of agree. You know, But it's the kind of stuff that goes viral. At Absolutely. The same time. It's a great in that moment, and it, shows the, it captures the excitement. But if you are trying to put that for a national broadcast, you see the difference of showing excitement but not over the top as opposed to being the hometown team and kind of – you know, going over the top a little bit, which is, you know, certainly understandable. I, I thought an interesting situation on Fox, their big noon Saturday game, uh, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt started the game, but in a unique situation, they didn't finish the game together. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to see this in real time. I was working another game at the same time. However, you know, Gus Johnson has to step aside uh, due to being sick, and Joel Klatt, you know, steps in and starts to handle the the play-by-play side. And, you know, we had a question from a listener earlier this season, you know, whether play-by-play announcers double as analysts and vice versa. And this was a situation that Klatt had never done it before. And suddenly, you know, he's got to take take the chair and start calling the game from a play-by-play standpoint. You know, they did have the benefit of the uh, big noon kickoff um, pregame show, folks nearby so Brady Quinn came up to the booth you know to handle you know some of the analyst side and kind of tag team it with Clat. I believe Urban Meyer may have even you know made his way up there at one point as well um did you get a chance to see this in in real time Mike I was watching a little bit of the game the game was not very competitive at the point when uh this happened so I I heard most of Gus Johnson Early in the game, the game was kind of a non-competitive. It was forty-two to seven, I think, uh, when they made. I actually have the audio of them kind of making the switch. Joel Klatt kind of described it. If you're just joining us, folks, Gus is doing well. He's just very much under the weather. He's going to step away here in the second half. I'll be taking you the rest of the way with Brady, Ginny on the sidelines. Coach Meyer will. Join us at some point, and we'll continue this conversation about this great rivalry and these two programs moving forward here on Big Noon Saturday. That was Joel Klatt kind of giving you the insight. I don't think I've ever seen that before where someone didn't finish the game, but I got to tell you, I did see audio of Gus Johnson's final play, and he sounded fine, and then you hear him kind of take the headsets off and – leave the studio you can kind of hear the headsets rattling in his hands as he described the play sounded fine and then did not return so we hope Gus is okay yeah well the good news is he, he's on the schedule and everything looks like a go for this weekend Gus Johnson Joel Klatt and Jenny Taft 
with the noon Fox game, Maryland at Michigan. So, um, you know, Hey, I think they made the absolute best out of a, a challenging situation and, you know, um, hats off, especially to, to Joel Klatt, you know, <laughs> stepping into yeah. a role completely unfamiliar on the fly. I do have the audio of Gus Johnson's last play. Take a listen. I mean, I, you could tell me and the people listening out there to the pod, he sounds fine here. Take a listen. Here's the run. Grant tried to get outside. Good tackling by this Oklahoma team. Panic. You know, great defense. When you're on offense, it, it can feel like the tide coming in. When you're sitting on the beach, wave after wave. It doesn't matter if there's a hole there all of a sudden. There's another guy waiting, and there's another blitz and pressure, and Casey Thompson hit again as he tried to let go of that one. And again, Kanick in there, the freshman from Hayes, Kansas. So that's kind of how the half ended there, Phil, as you heard. Uh, he called the play. I mean, he didn't have the same Gus Johnson excitement, but you would not have heard his voice or anything and thought, hey, something's not right here. But then you heard the headphones kind of rattling, and it was almost Joel Klatt. You could almost feel him looking like, uh, are you okay? Do you want me to kind of handle this? And he took the final play, and then it went to halftime. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I agree with you. You know, you really can't tell, you know, that that he's under the weather or anything like that. But once again, you know, um, great job as far as, you know, calling it audible there and getting it done by that Fox crew. Uh, before we talk to Andrew Catalan coming up here from CBS, uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. You know, Andrew's one of the – by the way, one of the reasons we're having him on, he has a nice honor that uh, is kind of cool that we're going to talk about with him and uh, one of the good young broadcasters kind of making their way through a very crowded field, as we know. Uh, he'll be joining us in uh, you know just a minute or two here. But uh, any other week three highlights uh, or thoughts before uh, we uh, talk to Andrew here in a couple minutes? Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a different week where there weren't like the huge matchups necessarily. You know, the Miami-Texas A&M game was the, you know, um, Herb Street and Fowler game that night. So Herb Street had to to travel from Boone, North Carolina to <laughs> College Station, Texas. You know, so um, interesting little route there. But uh, yeah, you know, I think overall, you know, college football continues to to roll on, and you know, as always, you know, it kind of depends on the nature of the game. You mentioned it, you know, the the big noon Fox game was a blowout, so you stopped watching, you you turned the channel to to a game that was competitive. I'm sure. So that's kind of how it goes, you know, unless you've got you know a real strong loyalty to to one particular program. You know, you, you follow what's the, the most competitive or exciting game, and that's where you end up. Yeah, and I got to say, I mean, especially for someone like me, I'm an alum, so I'm finding I'm going all over the place. Uh, my team, I'm an alum, not so good this year, West Virginia. I have been on ESPN Plus the last two weeks, Phil, and I think it's just great that these broadcasters are getting the opportunity, you know, to get reps and call games on live television of major Division One football. I mean, that's something that, you know, I'm 45 years old growing up. What I had to do was we sat on the concourse at WVU and called the game into a tape machine. Yeah, you know, so the opportunities are abundant, um, not just on places like ESPN Plus, but we've talked about it before, you know, on even small college levels. You know, you can 
find opportunities to get airtime on basically television, you know, or the equivalent thereof, you know, whether it be Division Two, II, Division Three, NAI, uh, high school football, you name it. Because of the streaming technology, there's all these opportunities for broadcasters. All right, let's jump into our guest this week on the Announcer Schedule podcast. Uh, you've heard him on the NFL on CBS. You've done the Masters, the PGA. Uh, you'll hear him on college basketball, the NCAA tournament, March Madness. And uh, probably anywhere else you've been here in the Northeast, uh, if you're a Syracuse grad, he comes from the long line of uh, uh, grads from the Newhouse School at Syracuse. And uh, Andrew Catalone is set to join us right now here on the Announcer Schedule podcast. And we uh, appreciate you jumping on, Andrew. Welcome aboard. Hey, guys. Big fan of your work. Thanks for having me. Well, we thank you for coming on. And we'll start with uh, this uh, – kind of blindsided honor that you got in going to Syracuse. I mean, I guess it is a blindside honor. Uh, you are going to be going in the WAER FM radio hall of fame with my buddy, Tony Caridi, who uh, I learned a lot from when I was at WVU, but uh, it was kind of a unique way that you were told that you were going to be a hall of famer. Yeah. So Adam shine is a good friend of mine from Syracuse. He has his own show on CBS sports network time to shine. And he said, you know, can you come on and talk a little NFL with, uh, with us? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So I was sitting in this same seat talking NFL. And then he broke the news to me in a, uh, completely, as you said, blindsided me <laughs> way, uh, telling me I was going into the hall of fame. I didn't believe him at first. Uh, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Um, but I'm truly honored. It is uh, it is a special place to me and so many other people from Syracuse. And uh, to, to be in that Hall of Fame is uh, very meaningful to me and my family. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you're somebody who's now at the national level, a very recognizable name, football, NFL, NCAA tournament. What makes being a part of that Syracuse radio station, AER, uh, such a memorable thing. You know, I, I was at U92 at WVU, and I still remember and talk to people that I broadcast it with there. Now, we don't have a Hall of Fame, and I don't know if I would be in it, but what makes that such a special uh, honor for someone who, who's, you know, made it to the national level? Well, I think in high school, you think about where you want to go for college. If you're lucky enough to get into a school like Syracuse, which has such a great long line of traditional uh, tradition with so many phenomenal broadcasters. Obviously, you don't go there thinking you're going to become one of those people, and I certainly don't think I have. But, you know, I just feel like uh, the tradition there is fantastic. Um, and I still have a connection with a lot of the current students because I'll listen to their tapes, give them feedback. I just got off the phone with one young man, as, uh, as, as a matter of fact. So the place has meant so much to me that giving back to someone like the, the student I just talked to means a lot to me because there were so many people from my Eagle to Mike Tarico to Sean McDonough that offered me advice along the way. And, and now just to pay that back is, uh, is very meaningful. Um, kind of give us and our listeners, and there's a lot of broadcasters, young guys who will listen to this, that first moment where you were like, this is, I could do this. I, I can make, you know, this, my, my job as opposed to, I'm wondering if I can get – I mean, you know, it's hard to cut through. When did you feel like I have this opportunity and I can do it? Wow. I mean, I, I don't know if there was ever a moment where I'm like, this is going to be it. I mean, I think when I was in school, knowing how competitive this business is and, and I was surrounded by so many other talented students at the time, 
you're just hoping, or I was just hoping to find a job, a job anywhere out of college. And luckily I had a professor at Syracuse, Dow Smith, who knew a news director in Burlington, Vermont, and they put us in touch. And that was my first job. I, gr I graduated and a week later, I packed up my car and moved up to Vermont, never had seen the station, didn't know anybody there. Um, and that's how I started. And, you know, as, as I'm making that drive, you're thinking, all right, well, how's this gonna go? Is this gonna work out? And it was a great place for me to learn. Um, I cut my teeth for two and a half years and then the station went out of business. They said they're gonna run the Simpsons instead of the six o'clock news. And we all lost our jobs. And then you're thinking again, where is, my, where is this gonna go? Uh, where am I gonna go now? Am I gonna get out of the business? Am I gonna find something else? And luckily I was able to find something in Albany, New York at the NBC station. But you know, I, I just feel like there's no one path for the young student, hey, do this, do that, and this will happen. It's just so much in this business is being in the right place at the right time and treating people well. Ultimately, that's what I feel is so important. Nobody wants to work with a, with a bad guy or a jerk. I mean, you really want to uh, work with nice people because there's so many other people that'll just come right in and take your spot. So treat everyone with respect. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's kind of the way that I've tried to go about it. Andrew, really appreciate you being on the show and congrats again on the selection to the Hall of Fame. If you can recall kind of the next progression, which was making it on the national level and on the network level, can you reflect back on, you know, when you got that call and kind of how that manifested? Yes, yeah, so I was working at the NBC in Albany at the time and the phone rang and I picked it up and it was a production house in Saratoga, which was about 45 minutes north. And production said, hey, we're in a bind. Can you come up and, and fill in on a curling match? Um, and I was like, well, I don't know anything about curling. And they said, no, no, just need you to be a traffic cop. Come on up, help us out. So I did. And I was like, oh, this is great. A couple hundred bucks, you know, boom, boom, that's it. And they kept calling me. And I kept working for them. And they had a connection with NBC. And that led me to the Olympics with NBC. So really answering that phone call and saying yes to a sport that I knew nothing about was really kind of the way I started to get more opportunities and work my way up uh, on the national stage. And now NFL, NCAA tournament, you know, uh, PGA golf, including masters coverage. Are there so some of these sort of like pinch me moments, you know, where you're like, wow, uh, I'm, I'm on this stage now. All the time. I mean, um, I never take it for granted. Uh, NFL booth every Sunday. I don't care who's playing, what the records are. To me, that's a very special place to be. And the Masters, there's no doubt. I mean, even even the tournaments I do during the year when I'm just sitting in Jim Nance's chair and working with Nick Faldo or now Trevor Immelman, um, those are pinch me moments too, all the time. So I think it's important to never lose sight of that um, because it can be taken away at any moment. So always, you know, appreciate and cherish those opportunities I'm given. Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, you got a game coming up this weekend in the NFL. Kind of give our listeners a little insight on how you prepare and get ready for an NFL game. I mean, it's such a big CBS production. Uh, what goes into, um, you know, one of those broadcasts? I think everybody just assumes, you know, when they watch, you know, Nance and Romo and Al Michaels and, and, the, and the top teams that they're getting all this insight and background. What kind of insight and background are you going through for your matchup? 
Yeah, well, Mike, I mean, it never ends in the NFL. I mean, really, I fly home Sunday night after a game, and I'm immediately on to the next game. And I'm sure everyone, that's not that I'm, everyone does that. It was just so much information. There's so much out there that you have to keep up on. For me, it starts by watching the team's previous game, reading all the newspaper clippings from each market every single day. And then I still handwrite my boards, which a lot of people are getting away from. They have a computerized uh, rendering. They can just fire in the players and away they go. But I find that um, I retain it better by writing everything down. I use different color pencils and markers, which each mean something in my head. Um, and that's kind of the way I approach it. So, yeah, it's old school. Um, that's the way I used to do it in college. There but you I go, just... buddy. Andrew, there you go. I mean, I know you can see me. The listeners yeah. can't. People, people get on my case all the time. I got so many different colored pens here. That's the way I do it. I mean, to me, orange is career numbers. Green means last week. Blue means um, a, a really important note. Uh, purple is something they did in their past. I mean, just, that's just the way I've associated with it. So it takes a lot longer when you do it that way. I have figured that out. But that is, I think, if you get in a routine uh, and you follow that routine every week, you know you're prepared for Sunday, and that's what I try to do. Hey, can you kind of take our listeners through how you end up getting that break to do NCAA March Madness, which is one of those weekends where it is wild all the time. You're probably, you know, calling multiple games in a day sometimes. Kind of take us through that. Yeah, so it's crazy. I mean, I can call a Tuesday night game in January, and I'll invest more time and prep into that game than I will for day one of the NSA tournament because we don't find out who we're calling or what we're announcing until after the brackets come out. And then you basically have to learn eight teams in two or three days. Um, so it's, it's crazy how it works for the regular season. You read everything, you're going to practice, and then the tournament's just a scramble to get some names down on a piece of paper, watch a half of a game, and then then you go. And as you said, you're calling four games in a day, so minding your voice and making sure you have the right energy and you get enough sleep. Um, it, it's a wild uh, madness uh, for us as well. But then the, the energy and adrenaline of the event takes over. And to me, that first day when you're calling four games in a row, there is nothing like it. Uh, the upsets, the atmosphere, everyone's rooting for the underdog. Um, it is just, uh, it's a fun, fun week. And Andrew, speaking of March Madness, you know, back in that East region, Indiana versus St. Mary's, such a memorable moment that absolutely went viral when the, you know, the ball got stuck and then an Indiana cheerleader saved the day. I'd love to hear from your perspective, you know, yourself and Steve Lapis, how that all went down and, you know, um, just the, the flow of things from your side of uh, the, the street, you know, being the broadcaster for that game. Yeah, that was, you know, at the time, I think it was a blowout. It was, you know, St. Mary's was running away with it. And then it just, you know, it happened, right? The ball is stuck, and now what do we do? And it wasn't coming down, and what's going to happen? And then, you know, I saw or I, I be, begin to think, like, put her up there. And then it looked like they were starting to talk about it. And then I just started doing play-by-play of it. And to me, the lesson there is always have fun, right? I mean, like, we're at March Madness, NCAA tournament. This is a fun thing to be. It doesn't always have to be so serious. And that's kind of the way me and Steve are. We have so much fun together. I've I've done probably over 250 games with Steve Lapis now. So we have a good rapport where I can look at him, he can look at me, and we just know what's about to happen. 
Um, so we had fun. And my statistician, Ethan Cooperson, he slid me a little note too, like, hey, this could be a one shining moment type thing. And that's why I said one shining moments. So I got to give Coop some love too, because he was the one that kind of steered me to, to use that line. So everything was just all about having fun. One more moment, Andrew, would love to, to reflect back on, which is, you know, earlier this season on the golf side, you know, spending time with Sir Nick Faldo as he rounded out his, you know, broadcasting career with, with CBS. You know, you had some really, um, you know, poignant moments with him that you, you brought to the viewers as well. Yeah, it was really a fun summer with Nick. It was the it was the closest I had gotten to spend with him, whether it was going to breakfast or dinners. And obviously, I'm the pinch hitter, right? I'm there five times a year. So I didn't have the type of relationship with him that others did just because I wasn't around him as much. But um, I really enjoyed spending time with him this summer. I could tell how much that he was going to miss doing this um, and really appreciated what he meant for not only me, but more importantly for the viewer. I mean, he is a dynamic 18th tower analyst and he knows his stuff. And I think this year I even listened even more to what he was saying. I learned things and really appreciated uh, how great of a run he has had and, and wish him all the best in Montana now, which is where he uh, just built a new house. Andrew, we always like to ask, uh, you know, we've had so many different play-by-players who do multiple jobs I mean a lot of the guys that we talk to are not one trick ponies you're doing golf and basketball and football and some of these guys are even doing local stuff I mean Tom McCarthy was on last week and he's doing the Phillies he's doing an NFL game on Sunday then he's doing radio on Monday night um, have you ever had that week where you didn't know where you were you're traveling all over <laughs> the place uh, give our listeners of the podcast a little um, you know a day or a week in the life of Andrew Catalan kind of getting, uh, I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt you wake up in some hotel room sometimes and you're like, where am I right now? Um, that happens a lot. Um, you know, it's a lot of travel that I think that just comes with it. I mean, when you're, when you get in this business, you know, that's going to be the way it is, but it's 18 weeks in a row for football. And then you jump into one or two games a week for college basketball. And now with golf, I mean, I'm on the road a lot. Um, Again, that's not a complaint. That's part of it, and I love it. It's just an adjustment for me and my family like it is for every announcer out there. But there's no doubt there's times where, you know, I think the biggest lesson that I learned is you got to be where your feet are, right? So even though you might have an event coming up in two or three days, you can't shortchange the one you're at right now, and you got to give it your all. So you don't try to look ahead too much. Yeah, you got to book some flights or figure out how you're going to get from one place to the next, but you know, I always want to not look ahead past the current assignment, and that's kind of the way I've approached it. Now, you're a young guy. Um, have you ever had that moment when you're calling a game with somebody and you're like, I can't believe I'm calling a game with this guy? <laughs> well, I mean, Faldo's a good one. Uh, you know, major champion a few times. Um, I called one game with Reggie Miller. That was pretty cool. Uh, I did some tennis with Lindsay Davenport, who to me is one of the, the greatest female tennis players of all time. Um, but, you know, obviously I worked the most with James Lofton, Steve Lapis, and Steve Tasker, who's become a really good friend. We were together at CBS. We still call the Bills preseason games together. We've become very close friends. And I find that my friendships with all of them are, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, when you're traveling, the people you travel with become your second family. And if you don't like those people, you know, then, then you're in for a long weekend or a long, to, uh, a long, you know, big problem, I should say. So 
I, I, everyone I've worked with, I've gotten along with, I find myself very fortunate that CBS and, and everywhere I go has put me in some great spots and I have some good friends for uh, a long time. Well, uh, we'll leave you with this. Uh, you know, you do so many different sports. If you had to pick one to be that recognized with, is there one that you enjoy more than all the others? It's always funny. I, I always say that. NFL booth every Sunday means the world to me. March Madness, the most fun week of the year for me. Masters is the most special week of the year for me. And that's a cop out on your question. But, you know, growing up in the Northeast, uh, you know, watching football every Sunday with my family, it still means the world to me to be in that NFL booth. But, you know, all these opportunities CBS has given me mean everything to me. And I feel very fortunate to, uh, to get all these chances in all these different sports. Uh, and your time at Syracuse, who else uh, were you there with that is currently working the same job as you? Do you guys have like a rivalry or who's getting more opportunities? <laughs> no, no rivalry. It's all good. You know, as we said before, Adam Shine's a good friend of mine. Uh, Damon Amendolara does a national talk radio show. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of us uh, that are in that uh, in that realm and uh No, it's kind of a fraternity. That's the way I look at it. That was my fraternity at Syracuse was the radio station. And those are all my brothers and sisters. So, you know, we all root for each other. I mean, I'll send uh, an announcer that, you know, a Syracuse guy, like a couple of notes. He'll send me some for a game if we had the same team. I mean, even the younger guys are so good at that. Jason Benetti or Kevin Brown, they'll send me some of their notes from a college basketball team. So that type of uh, fraternity really means a lot, and uh, it, it's a special group. Well, Andrew, it was uh, very entertaining catching up with you, man. We appreciate it, the journey. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame. My man, Tony Caridi. See, even the WVU guy, we had to take a Syracuse guy to uh, <laughs> do our play-by-play. Uh, but it was, uh, it was very cool catching up with you. Thanks for being a part of the Announcer Schedule podcast. Appreciate all you guys do, and thanks for having me. Yeah, and Andrew, have a great show this uh, weekend. Texans at Bears. Looking forward to that one. It'll be great to be in Chicago and Soldier Field. All right, Andrew Catalan, thank you so much. And uh, he'll be with uh, James Lofton, CBS. That's the 1 o'clock game, as we told you earlier. There you go, Phil. So a Syracuse guy, uh, Andrew Catalan, here on the Announcer Schedule podcast. And now you mentioned uh, the moment that uh, a lot of people talked about last year, which was in the NCAA tournament. Um, You had Andrew calling the – basically had a moment where the ball got stuck in the stanchion there. Let's uh, let's take a listen. With a mop. That's how high up it is. We're getting a chair out. You know, when I was a kid, there was a guy who played named Connie Hawkins. They said he used to be able to get quarters from the top of the backboard. That, that's who we look for. We need him now, Connie Hawkins. Now we're going to put Toss on a chair. I don't like this. No, I'm Randy Bennett. Oh, no, it's Kelly Pfeiffer. That, that's not going to work. I think they need to pick Kelly up. Or maybe he's got to go on Vern's yeah. shoulders. We got Toss holding Pfeiffer. That's, Kelly is not tall enough. <laughs> Major issues here in Portland. Why don't we get a new ball? Yeah. Why, why don't the cheerleaders, <laughs> they're used to going up high. Let's get it. Yes, get the cheerleader up. Get her up there. This is how you do it. <laughs> Give her the mob. Now she's got it. Oh, what a play. The cheerleader saves the 
one shining moment. This place is on its feet. The cheerleader is the hero in Portland. I like how he gave us the insight there when he said one shining moment that he actually got that from his statistician who kind of handed to him, hey, this could be a one shining moment moment. Yeah, I appreciate him shouting out the the statistician on that one, you know, and sometimes a statistician hands over a note that isn't necessarily a statistic, something like that, just a a thought or an idea. Uh, You know, do want to give a shout out also, you know, Lapis was, was, was right there every step of the way. And also Andy Katz was the reporter for that game. And he caught up with uh, Indiana's cheerleaders, Cassidy Cerny and Nathan Paris were the two cheerleaders. He had a cool interview with them and kind of, you know, rounded out the story and just, it was so genuine in the moment. It was, you know, so lighthearted, just good, clean, fun, you know, and as Andrew said, you know, that game was already sort of out of reach and, you know, it gave a, you know, real pop to that St. Mary's Indiana game. And, you know, the Indiana fans, they were actually the team losing big in that one. And so they had something to cheer about as well. So just a cool moment all the way around. And it was cool to hear Andrew's insight as far as what happened behind the scenes. All right. Uh, This is the announcer schedule podcast. We drop every Thursday on the sports media watch feed. That was Andrew Catalan. Uh, We talked to great broadcasters all across sports. Kevin Kugler, Larry Colmas, John Forslund, Mark Kesheser, Bob and Tom McCarthy, the great Barry Tompkins, Roxy Bernstein, Rick Allen. If you missed any of those, you can go back to the Sports Media Watch feed, subscribe, and you can listen to those conversations. We single them out each week, so they usually drop on Friday. We give you the full podcast Thursday, and then usually Friday we'll give you just the interview. Uh, so there you go. Let's uh, – a rapid fire our way through the end of this year. Week four, college football start, starts with my alma mater, West Virginia, Virginia Tech. It's the second uh, Matt Barry, Lewis Riddick, Harry Lyles, West Virginia game. I'm going to get them for a second time this year. Yeah, you've got that on Thursday night, Friday night, the ESPN game, Virginia Syracuse with uh, Rory Philpott's crew. I'll fly through a couple of other of the notable ones. Uh, we mentioned Gus Johnson expected to be back for the noon Maryland-Michigan game on Fox. Noon ABC games, Clemson-Wake uh, with Sean McDonough's crew. Missouri-Auburn on ESPN at noon with Mark Jones and company. Uh, Notre Dame-North Carolina. Um, actually not an NBC game. This will be on ABC. Our uh, former guest of the, the podcast, Bob Wischusen, will be on the call along with Dan Orlovsky, Chris Budden on the sidelines. Florida, Tennessee, that's where game day is. And it's the CBS 330 game with Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson. Uh, 330 on ESPN. Uh, Dave Fleming's crew has Texas, Texas Tech. And as far as primetime Arkansas, Texas A&M, uh, on ESPN with Joe Tess, uh, ESPN radio call for that one with uh, Mike Cousins and uh, Max Starks. And Anish Shroff, uh, we've been talking about his crew a bunch with Brock Osweiler, uh, Northern Illinois at Kentucky, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. The Fowler-Herb Street Row game uh, is Wisconsin at Ohio State. So after Herbie does game day in Knoxville, Tennessee, he'll head to his alma mater, uh, for Wisconsin, Ohio State, uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma is a primetime Fox game 
with Jason Bonetti's crew with Brock Heward. And then if you're up late, if you haven't had enough, uh, there's three games at 1030 Utah, Arizona State with Dave Pash's crew, Stanford in Washington on FS1 with Alex Faust. And then Carter Blackburn's the play-by-player for Western Michigan and San Jose State. So settle in another Saturday of college football. Well, and I don't want to shortchange my radio friends. Uh, Touchdown radio, because we're carrying in that game here in Atlantic City. Brett Dolan, Gino Toretta, our buddy TJ Reeves is on the call. You passed him over, Phil. Come on, Compass Media. He'll got Texas, Texas Tech with Tiki Barber, who called CBS football with our guest last week, Tom McCarthy. So Tiki and TJ... Uh, that'll be the Compass Media. I feel bad now because I'm the program director, and I could play the TJ Compass game, but I'm going with the Florida-Tennessee game because Gino Toretta actually does a weekly hit on our uh, station here on Thursday nights. That's not why I picked the game, but I think Florida-Tennessee in our region has a little bit more. But uh, if I would have known TJ was on the call, maybe I would have given him a, a little bit of uh, Mike Cousins, uh, by the way, Mike Cousins, excuse me will be a future guest. We have had some contact with Mike. He reached out to me. We're going to uh, set up, I believe, I believe I could say this, he'll be on next week. So ah, Mike is that. doing. Mike Cousins, absolutely. Yes, Mike Cousins is doing uh, ESPN Radio Baseball, ESPN Radio Football. So he is a rising young guy in the business right now. We're going to hear his story next week here on the Announcer Schedule podcast. Uh, Mark Kessischer, by the way, who was a guest. He's going to be on the ESPN Radio Wisconsin-Ohio State call. Um, boy, we've got so many uh, radio things going on as well. Uh, if you're driving around, there are so many uh, college football radio networks out there uh, that you get a chance. That is Sloan Martin, Mike Golick Jr., by the way, on Learfield, uh, which also does a national game now. And uh, All right, so let's get into MLB. There's the college football Let's get into some baseball here. We mentioned, by the way, um, Ryan Rucco is the guest on the Sports Media Watch this week. He had been doing some Yankee games, some Yankee news, um, because Sterling had said he was going to take a lot of time off. He has decided he is calling the rest of the games because he wants to be on the call for uh, Aaron Judge if he hits uh, 62. Yeah, some some good reporting here by Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, who really kind of uh, gave all the details of this situation. But basically, Sterling, you know, who had stepped aside for a lot of the games in terms of the travel and that kind of thing, and other guys were filling in, uh, Ryan included. Uh, he wants to to jump in and 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 do as many as he can with obviously this huge um, news of uh, Aaron um, Judge approaching the the record and so forth, and so. Sterling's going to do a Blue Jays series that, uh, you know, originally Ryan was slated to do. Uh, good news is Ryan is still going to get paid wow. <laughs> for, for the game. So that's kind of a cool little note. What an um, agent. Who's his agent? Yeah, I mean, class move by uh, the station there, you know, taking care of him. But a couple other notes as far as this um, home run chase. Thursday... Uh, Fox Sports um, has the game. Uh, Adam Amin and John Smoltz with Kent Rosenthal on the sideline. So that could be a big moment with Aaron Judge. Apple TV has the game on Friday night. And so um, that might be scrutinized a little bit, you know, where fans want this on, you know, um, regular traditional television. 
It's going to be the Steven Nelson, Hunter Pence, Katie Nolan booth for that one. So they've been mainly on the West Coast, but they're going to be in um, on on the East Coast for, for this one uh, and could be a big moment there. And then MLB Network is planning live look-ins um, for every judge at bat. And then there's an MLB Network on Saturday, Bob Costas, Tom Verducci, John Morosi, uh, reporting. So, um, you know, it seems like plans are in place for what could be history in the making. Uh, John Sterling, let's talk about history. This was the call with Susan Waldman uh, on number 60. The 3-1. Swung on that. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's tied the babe. It's a judging blast. His 60th home run of the year. Wow. All right. Here comes the judge. And on the screen is a picture of Aaron Judge superimposed over the babe. Fastball right down the middle. What a picture on that scoreboard as Aaron Judge is running around. It's on the big scoreboard, but superimposed is him right over the babe with number 60. Oh, it's fabulous. He's tied the babe. And that that lasted a long time, that 60th home run that babe did, because he was hitting 60 when people weren't even hitting 20. (laughs) Uh, That was uh, the radio call there. On that one, but uh, so Sterling got the call last night. As we mentioned, he is back on the calls after originally he was going to be out. So uh, nice call there. Sterling's great to listen to. Yeah, Sterling and, and Waldman on the call there. And, um, you know, Michael Kay had the call of the, the number 60 home run for Judge on the Yes Network. Yeah, let's take a listen to how it went on the TV side of things. Michael Kay, as you mentioned, uh, the Yes Network here on Judge's 60th. Fielders on the left side for Judge, and here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. Michael Kay letting it breathe on number 60. Slide over, babe. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, there was also a, a very significant Spanish call, Ricky Ricardo. And this thing has gone viral. Uh, his calls of both the Aaron Judge home run number 60, but also Giancarlo Stanton with a, a grand slam home run to win that game. We are Lancer. Ahí va el patazo. Profundo por 
right, Ricky Ricardo, who, by the way, uh, used to do the Philly Spanish broadcast, uh, and that was him on the Yankees. He also uh, does a little uh, sports talk radio on FAN New York and uh, some WIP in Philadelphia. Yeah, worth noting also, Ricardo was one of the guys who filled in this summer for Sterling on the English side on, on the radio broadcast. So, you know, he's in consideration perhaps for that ultimate role of succeeding uh, Sterling. But great call there once again on the Spanish side. All right. Uh, and uh, one other call we'll leave you with before we get out of here this week. This is uh, Cardinals TV, Danny McLaughlin, uh, which uh, take a listen. This is... Danny McLaughlin, Cardinals, Pujols, number uh, approaching 700. Pitch. Albert unloads. Deep left. And this game is tied. 6-98. Albert Pujols. Two away from 700. Dan McLaughlin with that call there. That was a 698 for Albert Pujols. We have like, it feels like 1998 all over. The home run chases all over the place. Yeah, exciting stuff and big opportunities for these broadcasters. All right. Uh, you mentioned Yankees. That game could be on Apple TV Plus Friday night. It's going to be on Apple TV Plus Friday night. The home run could be seen on Apple TV Plus. Uh, so there we go. We talked to Andrew Catalone today. We hit on all the college football, the NFL. What else do we got, Phil, before we get out of here? Well, I think we hit on uh, most everything. You know, another big weekend of college football and NFL. Big thanks to Andrew Catalan. Also, uh, Dwayne Stats, just want to give him a shout-out. 7,000th game worked in, in uh, Major League Baseball. He's the, the voice of the Rays. This dates back before the Rays, of course. He started way back in 1977 in Houston. But congrats to him. He threw out the ceremonial first pitch to his son-in-law, former Rays pitcher Dan Wheeler. So that's kind of a cool little side story. But, yeah, another great episode, Mike. Really appreciate it, as always. All right. Uh, there we go. We'll get out of here on that. Uh, Mike Cousins next week is uh, our guest here. So make sure you check back for that. If you like radio, uh, the call on baseball on ESPN Radio, uh, the uh, NFL, all that good stuff, college football, I should say. Uh, Mike Cousins uh, will be with us next week. Andrew Catalan, appreciate him. Go back and listen to all of our past interviews. Kevin Kugler, Larry Comas, John Forslund, uh, Mark Kestisher, Bob Wischusen, Tom McCarthy, Barry Tompkins, Roxy Bernstein, Rick Allen, 
Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe on the Sports Media Watch feed. Another announcer schedule podcast is in the book, episode 16. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy all the games, and we will talk announcers with you next week right here on the announcer schedule podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.